0: The following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information about our church or for more resources, visit us at StoneOakBible.com. Church, I hope that you have enjoyed kind of being and sitting in Psalm 46 this last week. Uh, For those of you who were able to join us last weekend, I I gave you an ancient tool uh, called Lectio Divina. And so we looked at Psalm 46.10. Actually, we looked at the first part of Psalm 46, verse 10, that simply says, be still and know that I am God. In this practice, Lectio Divina is just a, a practical way, a practical tool that we can use to kind of live out and, and walk in that command to be still and to know. And so along with that, we, we put together a guide that um, you can use to kind of explain the practice and, and then also attach to that, we we took Psalm 4610, we broke it down So that all last week, if you followed that guide, you were just walking through the psalm little by little, kind of steeping ourselves in that psalm all week. And this morning, after having sat in this psalm all week, this morning we get to look at this psalm, the whole psalm, and we get to look at it deeper, Psalm 46 has 11 verses, 11 verses. And these 11 verses are broken into three uh, sections, um, three sections. So in in most of your Bibles, you're going to see in your Bibles that these sections are going to be broken up by a little space. Um, But you're also going to notice that these sections are, are broken up by a word. Uh, it's an instructional word. It's the word "sela." Selah is an instructional word. It's kind of like a, a stop sign, a pause button in the psalm that, that is, is telling you, pause, take a breath, reflect on what you just read. Don't rush. Take a break. Uh, take a pause, let what you just read sink in, Selah. So you're going to see each of these sections kind of broken up into this, these moments, these take a deep breath and take that in moments, those Selah moments. So we have these three sections in this psalm and three Selahs in this psalm. But I'll say this. Although this psalm is broken up into three sections, um, and although these sections, as we're going to see, they're going to kind of uh, explore uh, and go deeper and build on each other, all of that is true. However, although this psalm has three sections, this psalm really points to one central and major predominant theme that we are going to see here on repeat. And that God's word is inviting us to look at this grand and glorious point. So having said all that, let's get to work here in Psalm 46. Let's look at this first section. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. I don't know if you have um, ever experienced the unmanageable, force of nature. I know this last week we have, we're coming off of some serious storms in in our city. And, And I don't know if you have experienced that kind of that raw, that raw power, um, the earth as it shakes in an earthquake, the wind of a hurricane as it just tears through and, and bends trees and picks up cars. Um, a tornado that just spirals and and leaves this incredible damage a tsunami of this wave of unimaginable size and power that just reduces cities even to to waste it's un it's unimaginable unmanageable raw power is what That is. And no matter who you are, no matter any of us would feel just how powerless we are in its wake. I mean, it is truly, it's awe inspiring. Um, We like to think that we are in control. We do. Uh, But even the smallest demonstration of nature and all of its power, leaves us to realize, nope, we are not in control. We have no control over this. We plead for mercy in this and we feel so small. And, and this terrifying imagery of feeling small in the wake of, of un. Imaginable, man- unmanageable power is is really the imagery here that is in our in our psalm. It, it, the earth giving way, um, the mountains being moved, the the waters roaring and foaming, the mountains trembling. All of this raw, uncontrollable make you feel small. Kind of power here that the psalmist is 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 causing us to see, and here we are facing it in this psalm. And the psalmist reminds us, yet in all of this rich imagery, he reminds us as, as verse one says God is our refuge and strength, a very present. Help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Church, is this not the message that, the exact message that we need right now? Our God is our refuge, our fortress, our shelter. Our God is our strength. And you think, in the face of that kind of power, in, the, in, in that kind of storm, in the face of the earth crumbling, waves crashing, in the face of that, we, we're left with the question, will our refuge stand? Will, our, will his strength fail? And the psalmist says, um, our God is a very present help." in trouble. Some of your translations will say here a uh, a well proven help in trouble. The idea here is is simple. He is a sufficient presence. A never failing, well proven presence. God is our strong shelter, our never failing, our well-proven, always present help in trouble. That's who our God is. And because that is true, the psalmist says, therefore, meaning because of that, therefore, what does he say? We, the people of God, therefore, we will not fear we will not fear. As mighty as those waves are, as mighty as the earthquake might be, our God is mightier, and he is here present with us. Uh, you, you know what this reminds me of, especially coming off the storms of this week? Um, it reminds me of a, a friend of, of mine who... Um, who lives in on some land in the hill country. They, they just bought this land, it's beautiful. Uh, they have an RV that they, um, a really nice RV that he and his family live on and there's just land to explore. There's wide open space, probably the coolest place to be quarantined. if You know, you, you have to be quarantined, right? Um, but right there in the hill country. Well, last time I we went to see them, um, we were followed in by a truck that was carrying some, some uh, construction equipment. After saying hello, um, he began to tell us that they were having a storm shelter put in on their, on their property. And he said something that stood out to me. Um, out here, he said... The smallest storm, even the smallest storm, is absolutely terrifying. He said, we are open, we are exposed, we are vulnerable. Without a shelter, even the smallest storm, he said, is absolutely terrifying. But with this shelter, we can be safe. We can have peace no matter what storm rages on out here. He said that that this shelter is is big enough for him for his whole family for all of them to come into the shelter to have a place of peace that is safe that is secure. Is that not church exactly what scripture promises? for us as the people of God. Is that not church exactly what our God promises to be to us in his, in his word. And not just for you, but for us together, the whole family of God, Um, our God, God is our strong tower, our strong fortress, our God is our strong shelter, our never failing, our well proven, our always present help and trouble. Therefore we will not fear and in light of that church, Selah. Selah. No matter what is going on. No matter if all of nature is just spinning out of control, our God is our never-failing, always-present, well-proven refuge, strength, and shelter. And although it is all out of our control, it is never, church, never out of his control. Therefore, as our text says, we will not. We will not fear. We live in a world right now of fear. Um, You don't have to look very far to find it. You just open your news feeds and you realize we live in a world of fear. But God has given us himself as a shelter so that we, as the people of God, in a world of fear, can come together as the church and we will not fear. This is exactly what we need. Let's look at part two. Part two says this. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Here we see the psalmist saying the the same thing. Only in this section he's expanding it. Here's what we see here. It's easier to have peace. Please hear me, church. It's easier to have peace in the present when we know how it ends. It's easier for us to have peace in the present when we know how it ends. We know how it ends. I I don't know if you've noticed this, but this is not exactly the glory days of television uh, during this COVID season. If you watch TV, you've probably noticed that it is just, TV programming is becoming a bit desperate and it is like rerun after rerun after rerun after rerun. This is especially true if you're a sports fan, um, this is especially true in the sports world. So right now you can, you There are all kinds of exciting games on <laughs> uh, they're just exciting games from like ten years ago, or you know more than that there the classics are on right now. Um, we went and we visited my my family and uh, I noticed it, it, there was a ranger game on um and for those of you who are not baseball fans, um I'll forgive you um. The, the Texas Rangers are the professional baseball team there in, in Dallas, and um, the game was from the 2010 season, Now, which in case you don't know, that was a great season to be a Ranger fan. Oh, it was a good season. They went to the World Series that year. It was the first time ever for them to do that. It was awesome. Uh, but I uh, digress. Watching rerun sports is odd. It's just weird. I mean, you lose a lot of the emotion. You lose, um, you already know the outcome. And if you don't know the outcome, all you have to do, grab your phone, Google it, and then boom, you, you, you see what happens, when it happens. Um, now, it still might be enjoyable for some of us to watch the game, but it's not the same thing, right? I mean, it's not the same thing. It's, it's you know the outcome. You know the end of the story, right? Um, to push this forward, this analogy further a little bit, how crazy would it be for me to watch game six of the, of the 2010 AL Championship between the Texas Rangers and the New York Yankees, um, how crazy would it be for me to watch that game in fear or anxiety or biting my nails, wondering what is going to happen, right? Um, how How crazy would it be for me to watch that and just... Be wrapped up thinking, could this be the year? Could this be the time that we finally go to the World Series? How crazy would it be when I already know that the Texas Rangers beat the New York Yankees six to one and it was awesome? How crazy would it be? See, here's here's what I'm getting at. It is it becomes crazy to fear. The present inning when we already know the final score. It becomes crazy to fear. A rough inning when we already know the final score. And, and here in our psalms, our psalm, the psalmist reminds us that it is crazy to fear the present trial. Because we know how it ends. We know how it ends. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. See, the psalmist is reminding us, pointing us forward to um, a scene that we're going to see again in the book of revelation and if if you look here at the last i mean the very last chapter of your bible revelation 22 you're going to read you're going to read this then the angel showed me listen to this the river of the water of life bright as crystal flowing from the throne of god and of the lamb through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. Listen to this, the leaves of the tree were the healing of the nations. The healing of the nations. See, the psalm reminds us, the psalmist reminds us of how it all ends. Jesus will return To rule and to reign in peace in his kingdom is good and eternal. We're reminded of the ending. And I love, again, that last last verse of this that, that says, The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And if you think about that and just take that in as we consider our psalm, in psalm 46 that says the nations rage and the kingdoms totter in other words the nations are raging there is conflict there is pain there is struggle in, in other words this is a rough inning but in the end our god will rule he will reign and he will make all things right and there will be healing for the nations we know how it ends just like watching rerun baseball it might be a tough inning but we know the final score we know how this ends we know how this ends and because of that church we face life we face the present we face it differently we face it differently. Church, we, you and I, we as the people of God, we must know three things that that will radically change how we face life. Three things, okay? Number one, you know that your God, that our God has been faithful. You look back and, and you look through the pages of scripture. You look through the pages of church history. You even look back on your life, and you know, as you look back, you know your God has been faithful. That's number one. Number two, you can look ahead. You can look ahead, and you know how it all ends. You know that he will be faithful to the very end. You look back, and you look ahead, and then third, you look around You look around knowing that he was not just present back then and know that he's not just going to be present later. We look around and we know that he is present right now, a very present help in trouble, as our psalm says. This is, church, the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is the promise that is yours in Christ and this changes everything. And this is why the psalmist directs us back to the to the refrain here in our psalm. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Take a breath. Take it in. Selah. You can look back. You can look ahead the psalmist directs us right back to the main idea here. You can also look around. He is present. He is present. God is our strong shelter, our never failing, well proven, always present, help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. So let's look at the third part. In light of that, let's look at the third part here that says this. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. The psalmist here is, is showing us that, that there is pain now. There is war now but on that day our God will bring it to an end all of the things that just break our hearts that we see right now will be brought to an end on that day we behold him and we behold what he has done and today we behold him and we behold what he has What he will do, war is no more. War machines and weapons are no more. Behold our God. In the midst of that, the psalmist says, be still. And know that I am God. Be still today because we know this truth, that our God is with us. We know that he is with us. And I want you to be clear here. It's not be still and know that you can do it. Not be still and know that you're strong enough or that you're capable. No, that's not what it says. This text says be still and know that he is God. In other words, we be still and we know that he is able, that he is mighty, that he is enough. That's how we, that's where stillness is found, church. Our strength is found in him. Our peace is found in the strength of God, in the strength of our shelter, not in our own strength, our own might, or our own grit. That's how we can be still. And honestly, this is really good news because in the face of the storm, the power of nature, in the face of war and the conflict that we see that we just don't see an end to, even church in the face of COVID-19, this invisible virus that has just shut down so much of normal life over the past several months. In the face of all of this, in the face that of all of this that is out of our control. In the face of it all, we realize that if our hope was in us, we have every reason to fear. But we are not atheists. We are in Christ. We are in Christ and that means that our ultimate hope is not in ourselves but in our God. Not in us but in our God. Our God, God is our strong shelter, our never failing. Our all our well proven always present help in trouble. And therefore we will not fear. There are 3 Realities here that are huge. Number one is that we will face the storms. We will face the storms. The storms will come. In this world, church, we will face trials and troubles and tribulation, but take heart, scripture says, the storm will come. Number one. Number two, when they do, when they do, our God is bigger. The storms will come, but when they do, our God is bigger. Our God is our shelter, our fortress, our never failing, well proven, always present help, our shelter. So the storms, they, they are coming, church. But when they do, our God is Bigger, and number three, the storms will ultimately cease. We know the end. We know our God wins. Church, hear me. Our, our God is the creator, our Jesus is the king. And the Spirit indwells us, empowers us, and he seals us to the very end. So I will say again with the psalmist, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. Say